on the Restoration Radio Network. This show seeks to ask questions of our clergy about things that we would like to ask them but we never quite get around to. Our guest today is Father Stephen McKenna, who uh, was with us for the Zero Show for Pastoralia at the end of Season 2. Father, uh, we really appreciate the Zero Show you did, and uh, welcome to Season 3. Oh, thank you very much. Well, it's good to be here. Uh, Pastoralia is underwritten by True Restoration with articles, books, and videos available at truerestoration.org. And while a portion of the operating costs of the radio network are underwritten by True Restoration, our particular show and our network is truly listener-supported. We have annual radio subscriptions for the subscriber of every level available by clicking the Donate button at truerestoration.org. Restoration radio programs, including this one, are available on blogtalkradio.com forward slash restorationradio at our new website, restorationradionetwork.com, and are syndicated on iTunes and Stitcher. You can follow the work of True Restoration on all social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Flickr, LinkedIn, and Pinterest, by following us using the social buttons, also on truerestoration.org. Okay, commercial over, Father. We get to the beginning of our show, Postralia, and we, I, I thought that you, you picked a really good way to start this show in this season, by the treatment, by talking about the treatment of priests, in particular etiquette that we should use towards our clerics, and I, I suppose most Catholics have a pretty good sense of this. I, I don't, I don't want to give people the impression that we think everybody needs to start from ground zero, but I think often both you and I have observed things that are not quite right, and so it makes sense for us to just start at the beginning and talk about. Uh, how to properly treat our priests. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more like a, for most people, I think it's more a fine-tuning, I guess, really, in that in that regard. So I guess let's start with how should people view their priests? I mean, obviously you're an altar Christus. You have this incredible mark on your soul. You're able to bring down God at your command. How How do we contextualize that into everyday interaction with you? Uh, you know, it's, um, I, I think it's always finding that, that uh, middle ground in between two extremes. You know, you, you have the, the one side where, you know, certainly the influence of, especially the, the modern church and, uh, and modern society where it's, you know, oh, you know, Father's just another another Joe. You know that uh, just kind of you know we, we treat him like any other guy and and go from there. And then the other side of it is the the extreme to the other end where it's you know uh, like treating like uh, almost like you know like we should bow down at you know at every footstep he takes. Not that that happens all that often, but it's it's kind of like you know. It, 
it's in between that. You know, it is the recognition of um, the office in itself um, and the importance of that office, and uh, but at the same time, you know, realizing that you still can talk to a priest uh, in a normal conversation and uh, and still, um, you know, and, and, and talk to him like a, a normal human being within within the realm of, of, you know, in a certain realm of respect anyways. Um, uh, you know, finding that happy ground and and realizing, um, you know, above all that uh, that uh, he's, I guess the, the best thing is, you know, like that more of the the, the proper treatment and expectations of, uh, of of attitude from him as well that you know he's a gentleman before before all else I think that is kind of like the the baseline for um, for, for for dealing with with clergy in that regard so that's, that's the way Indeed. I kind of look at it yeah well, I, let's start with uh, just greetings in, in public or in private. One one habit I picked up, and as I was prepping for the show, I was trying to remember exactly, you know, where I picked it up from. But like so many habits, sometimes we don't exactly remember the etymology. But probably around when I was 13, 14, 15, I started always kissing the hand of a priest when it was offered to me. Um, and also not uh, not presuming to move my hand towards a priest. Uh, without uh, without him extending it first, can you address? I, I mean, obviously that's that's my particular thing. Uh, sometimes priests are a little surprised by it when I do it, but I try not to, uh, you know, make you lunge forward. I think the times when you when we've been together, I haven't uh, pulled you into me like a wrestling move. It's just been uh, I try to make it um, inobtrusive. But it's it, sometimes I know it can surprise clergy, and it's not something that you expect. Correct. Right, and I think it's more, um, perhaps more, an, an American treatment or American custom in, in that way that the kissing of the hand has kind of gone more by the wayside here in the United States, and, and is not really expected here in the United States. That's not to say it's not uh, a nice tradition, uh, and oftentimes I, I notice it uh, particularly with, uh, you know. Uh, different people of, of, of like Spanish origin, especially the Mexicans and things like that, that they have, that they oftentimes you know follow that, and it is a, a nice sign of respect. I mean, when you think of it, you know, the, it is like you said at the very beginning. His hands are the ones which are used in you know bring down the you know in consecrating the, the body and blood of our Lord during the sacrifice of the Mass. I mean, there's. You know, they they hold God himself uh, in in that way, and it's, it's His hands that are, are are consecrated to be able to bless uh, things, and and uh, you know, and obviously it's a, that sign of respect in that regard. But uh, but in the United States, I think oftentimes it's basically fallen by the wayside, and and is not expected. And you know, sometimes you, priests are kind of surprised by it because it happens so infrequently, and it's so. Um, it's a tradition that certainly is a, a laudable one and is uh, and, and, and is certainly not wrong, um, but it's uh, but it's something that, in that regard, here for for us in the United States, doesn't happen all that often. And you know, for anybody you know listening, hearing about it for the first time, you, or you know, it's not something that is insisted upon or any in any kind of way, especially if it was would be something. To cause wonder, for instance, you know, 
if I saw, you know, if I met you at a restaurant and there's like 70 people in the restaurant that had no idea, they might kind of be almost, you know, kind of going, you know, what's going on here? I, I don't understand. But, um, and, and we don't want to cause too, too much wonder, but it's, it's the same right, you know, it's, as long as it's done respectfully and, and you know, and tactfully, it's, uh, you know, it's certainly a beautiful custom, and, and that's in, in that regard, just just that recognition of, you know, what his hands are are or consecrated to do, what they were anointed for, you know, and that's, uh, and it's one of those things that uh, is, is a beautiful custom, but once again, not, uh, not expected of by us and not uh, expected of by most people around in, in American society anyway. Well, Father, let's step up a little bit above your pay grade, and uh, <laughs> since we're on since we're on the topic of kissing, I want to I want to make sure we circle back and talk about handshaking in general. But um, we're talking about kissing hands, and it's funny when when you mention Hispanic, the 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 race, the ethnicity that particularly comes to mind is Filipinos. Having grown up in Singapore and having uh, been around a lot of Filipinos. Uh, I noticed not only do they kiss the hand, but then they sometimes press the hand to their forehead or to their cheek, you know, sort of uh, like it's a talisman in, 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 a, in a non-superstitious way. I'm not trying to ascribe anything negative right. to it, but it's, it just shows that that devotion is actually even a step above. It's not just the kissing of the hand, but this sort of uh, relic uh, sort of reverence towards the hands of a priest, which I think, frankly, those of us in America could take a little, uh, could take a little direction from. Yes, but uh, certainly that that spirit of it, you know, that uh, that idea, and you know, uh, like you said, it's, it's not a relic, but it is, um, you know, that it shows what those those cultures, you know, the Filipinos or the or the Hispanics, you know, because they're largely a Catholic culture, whereas in America we're not largely a Catholic culture. That uh, that they that, that at least through tradition, anyways, they they get they get it a little bit more, you know. Absolutely. So let's let's step up above your pay grade and ask about kissing a bishop's ring because I can't think of something that's done more wrong in more different ways than than this little uh, act. Um, you know, people are trying to figure out what knee am I supposed to genuflect on? Uh, do I do I genuflect while kissing? Uh, what do I do? And unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, misinformation or, or lack of enforcement on the proper ways to do things. So can you give us some guidance, please? Sure, yes. Now, that the kissing of a bishop's ring is something that, you know, obviously is done in, in the United States and, and should be uh, done, you know, where you know, the kissing of a priest's hands is more, you know, if you uh, yourself have adopted that custom here, then then fine. But the kissing of a bishop's ring is something that, should be done uh, as the proper greeting for a bishop, not only because of the the height of his office, but but also for the sake of the the, the person, you know, to realize that there's a, actually an indulgence attached to the very act of kissing the ring of a bishop, you know, and that's uh, you know that should be something that you know people should, for their own sake, uh, take advantage of. You know, it's. Um, it's it's but when we do so yeah you, if you ever wanted to see normal human beings 
almost look like they're going to fall down because they're trying to figure out exactly how to do something that is in and of itself very simple. That uh, is that that action. Um, a lot of times people will genuflect when kissing the ring of a bishop, and, um, but that's something that's actually uh, reserved for someone that would be like a local ordinary, um, someone with actual jurisdiction uh, of a diocese. And uh, due to our situation in the crisis in the church, we don't have that benefit anymore. You know, if, if we did, then you know, the actual genuflection is kind of awkward in itself because people don't realize that you should genuflect on your left knee for that but uh, rather than the right. But that being said, because all of our bishops are, are not... Uh, not local ordinaries. Uh, I guess we could say they're they're extraordinary uh, <laughs> in, in that regard. Um, it, it's not. There is no genuflection. It is uh, actually just um, kissing the ring while standing. Uh, but in that, re- in when doing so, the the number one thing to remember in that is that it's not pulling the bishop's hand up towards your own face. You know, it should be bringing your own face. Down to the bishop's ring, you know. It's uh, you know we're not uh, pulling pulling the bishop around around by the hand, uh, uh, yanking him to and fro. It's it, it, we 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 bend our face our faces down to the ring, kiss it, and uh, and then let it go. And then it's also you know the kiss is kind of just a more of a pressing it to the to the lips. You know we don't want to uh, you know don't want to be kind of slobbering all over his his ring and uh, ruining it for everybody else, if you will, <laughs> in, that, in that, in that regard. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's just a, simply a, a pressing it to the, to, to the, to the lips and then, and then releasing it. And, um, um, and, and it's something to be done, you know, uh, on when first seeing the Bishop, if you will, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, I asked uh, one time I had asked Bishop McKenna early on when I, knew him you know like i was down there and i said to him one time you know i see you then you go and do something and i'm doing something then you come back and then i see you again do i keep repeatedly kissing your ring or uh or do i you know kind of let it go and and the response was basically you know that that idea of like all things in moderation you know basically when you see me the first time kiss the ring and then perhaps when you're when you're leaving for for the rest of the day, but after that, you know, uh, a simple hello, your excellency, will do just fine. So, um, so I think it's that that uh, that finding, uh, you know, that first initial greeting of kissing the ring, uh, and uh, and and then from there, um, letting it letting it go. So. Right. Well, and I think this goes back to that point that we had said, Father, that it's not your place to offer your hand to either a priest or a bishop, whether you're a man or a woman, that you should simply, again, this is an American thing, you know, we meet somebody, you know, we have a very egalitarian, unfortunately, both men and women feel the need to shake hands or will put their hand out without uh, without necessarily, and especially with the clergy, you should wait. It should not be something that you presume to do. If and, and keep in mind that the priest or the bishop may feel sick that day, so he doesn't want to extend his hand maybe to anybody. Um, yeah. So we should wait on you, and if you extend your hand, then we can engage in the courtesies you spoke about. 
Right, and in in that regard, it's um, it, it's almost kind of you know trusting in your your own clergyman for their own proper uh, <laughs> etiquette, and that's something that you know we all go through in our our training in, in seminary is actually you know I remember for first year of seminary for me was actually part of it was uh, you know cl- clerical etiquette uh, of that in that regard and I remember you know there's a whole entire book that I had to to go through on you know all of the the finer points of proper etiquette and uh, and being you know uh, being part of the clergy and it was you know it's kind of interesting because um it's it is that like you know a priest coming should uh unless you like like you said unless he's either running around and he's busy or he's or, or he's not feeling well and doesn't want to get someone sick or whatever it may be you know a proper greeting remembering that he is you know supposed to be acting like a gentleman himself is going to be to you know shake hands but that being said not with everybody um the shaking of the hands is actually the, the proper thing for it is, you know, the priest would offer his hand and shake hands with the gentleman and, uh, and actually not do so uh, with, with, with women. Not, uh, no offense to our female listeners, but um, it's a finer point of etiquette, even just in the, the realm of, of gentlemen in, in, in general, that has kind of fallen, unfortunately, by the wayside. People don't realize anymore, but but especially for a priest, you know, he would, sh- you know, if I sh- showed up to a, a room and there was five people there and three of them were men, I would extend my hand and shake the hands of the men there and then, you know, kind of uh, courteously, you know, verbally greet the, the women and introduce myself, but not uh, necessarily shake their hand. It's not anything to do against them, but it's more of uh, that distinction between the proper um greeting of, of men and women and if a woman were to extend her hand um, then I would you know you would out of courtesy you'd take it but even still it would not be uh, it shouldn't be this uh, you know kind of like you know uh, for lack of a better term you know kind of like vice grip you know uh, you know squeeze <laughs> handshake it would it would be more of the the, the grabbing of the like the, of the fingers and and uh, with, with top of her hand up and and uh, more of a genteel uh um grasping of the hand but that you know but uh a priest normally speaking would not extend his hand to a woman and um just uh, you know out of a couple of points one it's you know the proper etiquette for a gentleman and then also two is also keeping in mind that just that overall all-encompassing concept of of uh maintaining even to the to the highest degree the chastity that the priest is bound to in that regard you know, it's interesting you talk about that distinction between men and women, Father, because that's something that even those of us who are seculars have to deal with in our interactions with the opposite sex. That's uh, been written an article about this in the past, um, that there, the handshake for men should not be, even though it's become, let's say, equivalent um, de jour, that it doesn't mean that we have to participate in it. And I've often foiled women who've tried to shake my hand. Um, I'm just, if you, if you can, what you, uh, what is normal is for a man to grasp the, the finger, the, the four fingers of, 
uh, a woman and, and slightly squeeze it. And your your amount of your squeeze, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but the amount of your squeeze <laughs> is um, is concomitant with your relationship to her. So if it's just a new acquaintance or someone you've just met, it might be just a brief one, but if it's a relative or family member uh, or a close friend, you may squeeze uh, a, a little a little longer. But but uh, people are, you know, I've, I've thrown people before because they, they didn't, you know, they were going in for a handshake and then they end up getting their hand squeezed and they, they look at me really, really strangely. But uh, that, that goes back to what you were saying that um, even if all the times I've ever seen bishops uh, who, who have people genuflect, you know, you don't see Bishop, uh, Bishop Dolan, uh, you know, scolding somebody for being improper. You know, it's sort of, it's just time and place. Uh, most people don't know. That's the reason we're doing this show today is to save yeah. Bishop Dolan from having to correct a bunch of people. But it is not <laughs> proper. And when I say it's not proper, it's not. It's a sin. But the whole point of having etiquette is to do things right. As Catholics, right. we have rubrics. There's a way, Father. People don't know, but even when you bend, uh, when you when you bow for uh, the vene vene sanctificator after you've uh, blessed the the bread and the uh, the wine, you're, you're even instructed in the rubrics how your fingers are supposed to lay on the altar. And there's mm-hmm. a way that we do things. And so in the same way, yeah, why do we genuflect on the left knee? Because that's how we do it. We don't genuflect on the right knee because that's what we, what we do for our Lord. And so right. in the same way, the proper, it's not sinful if you do something incorrect, but the graciousness of the priest always allows for not having to do an on-the-spot correction. I can't imagine you telling some uh, some woman off who you know offered offered uh, her hand and then gave you a vice grip handshake. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, but just hopefully it's certainly. Good. No, no, I was going to say hopefully this is an opportunity just for us to learn in an informal way, so that when we are back out there in these situations, we're more mindful and we're more thoughtful about the fact that you're not just some guy; you are metaphysically different from us. Um, and that we need to always keep that in in front of our minds. Let our eyes of faith allow us to to act differently. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. It was, um, you know, with that in, in that regard for us, you know, uh, in so many things, it's you know a matter of choosing your your battles, if you will. And when it comes to etiquette, it's certainly, you know, that's never a battle unless it's so egregious. It's never a battle you you really ever want to to fight because it's more of the like St. Paul says, be all things to all men to save all, you know, and it's, uh, you know, and, and it's hardly the, the most grievous of offenses to, 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 you know, err on, you know, the wrong side of a, a little minor point of, of etiquette, like you said. But some of the things, we, you know, it is also that r- realizing that as Catholics, and especially as those, you know, the, those few who are, are, are maintaining the, 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 the faith well today, um, you know, there is more expected of us in that way. We want to represent our faith all the time uh, by how we live and how we act. And, you know, if we, by being a Catholic we're called to higher things, then we're called to, to act in a higher way at all times and uh, and to be more a little more proper. And some of these things, uh, actually, you know, a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about today is, is you know, uh, kind of just more basic points of, of, of even etiquette in, interactions with uh, not only clergy but even regular people and depending on where you're from in the world is depending on you know what you know how 
much of those traditions you was instilled in you when you were younger. And it's uh, you know for me, uh, I'm from Massachusetts, and it's kind of one of those places that a lot of those old ethnic traditions kind of die a little more hard. And so it's nice. Like my father would have, uh, my, my father would have been very upset at me if he saw me kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, crushing my lady's hand or, uh, or, you know, not giving up my, my seat on a bus for, for a woman who came in or something like that. You know, it's, uh, I, it's almost like I could, uh, if I, if I were to ever to do something, I could feel, you know, even if he wasn't there, I could feel the, the slap on the back of my head for it. But, but then you go other places, and uh, you know, and that those traditions aren't always kept as well. But it doesn't mean that we we shouldn't maintain for ourselves that level of of properness, because people will even in those simple actions, they'll notice there's something a little more refined. There's something a little more to this person, and they act in a, a higher way. Um, our standards should never be what is just, you know, uh, acceptable for the local world around us. You know, our, the world is not our, our, our standard. Uh, you know, our Lord is our standard, and and for us that means even in the small things, uh, trying to be as proper um, uh, all the time. You know, trying to always, you know, represent uh, that faith that we hold and and that uh, that higher calling that we all have. So. For those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to Posturalia on the Restoration Radio Network back here for Season 3. I'm your host, Stephen Heiner. With me today is Father Stephen McKenna. The last uh, sort of point here about greeting, and if you have questions for Father, if you're listening live, um, you can leave questions on Twitter. You can use the hashtag Posturalia uh, on our handle, at True Restoration. We've changed this season. It's not just enough to use our handle, but we're using hashtags. So uh, hashtag Posturalia and leave your questions to Father. Uh, you can also call in if you'd like. Uh, we always say that Twitter allows you to skip the line. But if you'd like to call in, you may. And we'll give that number a little bit later in the show uh, as we, we, get, we get our momentum and get rolling. The last thing I wanted to cover as far as greeting, Go Father, is um, something I, I was informed about uh, from my friend uh, Luke, who lives in Poland, a fellow hardliner, I would like to say. And he, um, he mentioned that in Poland, uh, they greet their priest, Laudator Jesus Christus, uh, which for the unlatined among us means that praise be Jesus Christ. And, uh, and then the priest offers a, his own greeting. Obviously, this is something completely unknown uh, to the, in the American context. What has been your experience with that? Well, I, I've had a couple of people do that to me. I, I knew, uh, I've, I've known one person at a, at a chapel that I was at for a little while that was uh, that was actually from Poland who did the, would do the same thing. He actually talked to me about it uh, beforehand, so I was like forewarned in that in that regard, which I appreciated. <laughs> he, pre- you know, he, he, pre-ga- he pre-gamed it with you. Exactly. He said, you know, this is you know the Polish custom, and it's a beautiful custom. Um, and so I would, but even though he forewarned me, I was, I would still have to almost brace myself for it when I would see him because it's, you know, you almost <laughs> get yourself ready. And then uh, one time it actually right. happened to me up in Milwaukee one time as well that I was just happened to be on the street and, a, you know, there's a large Polish uh, population in, in Milwaukee and, and one of them, just a, a random person walking down the street had greeted me in that way. And and that time I truly wasn't 
was not ready for it, and you, you almost kind of feel like you're uh, you're chasing them with the proper response after they're kind of walking <laughs> away at that point. Um, yeah, it it really is a beautiful custom, but in the United States, um, you know, you'd almost be hard pressed to find a uh, you know too many even among the traditional clergy that would know the proper response of you know like in seculorum or um or or would be ready for it and you know it's uh it it would be something that you know for those the polish people that are listening you know you, you know feel free to, to to greet the priest but if he says you know hello how are you in response don't be uh, don't be thrown off because you know in reality it's probably the priest who was just not expecting it at, at, at all, uh, you know, and uh, so that, that one's kind of, you know, um, you know, it kind of leaves leaves the priest almost befuddled, if you will, for for a second or two until he realizes what just what just happened, you know, even even for the the, the best <laughs> of, uh, of of Latin scholars among the clergy, you know, our everyday thought process is not moving necessarily, you know, in Latin conversation and. Uh, and so when all of a sudden we just hear a, a, a phrase out of the blue, it almost, okay, wait a second, well, what did he just say to me? And, uh, <laughs> and then, okay, yes, that's right. And, and, uh, and so it'll, it, it can toss him a little bit. But, uh, that being said, you know, it is, um, you know, it is a beautiful custom. And it, once again, it shows with the Polish people a large Catholic contingency and, uh, that they, um, have these beautiful customs because as a society largely they are uh of catholic mind anyways so yeah i, I like to call them rabid clericalists but i'm i'm all for that uh personally <laughs> um it, it's, a, it's that sort of, I, I experienced that tape delay uh that you're talking about father when it's not your native language uh i right. i have this happen to me quite a bit um right now in paris when i will I'll put, you know, a minute later, I'll realize that I said something wrong, you know, because it's finally hit my brain. It's like, oh, I should have said this. And you think about, oh, I'm going to chase them down and tell them the right thing, but they've already forgiven you and moved on. So uh, that, that's, that's very, very true. Um, I also remember from my own journey from Novus Ordo to uh, traditional Catholicism that I took a, a slight detour through the Byzantine Rite and they have a very beautiful custom uh, during um, Easter, well, right after Easter, is that, and this is just greeting from layperson to layperson, so this isn't even only clerical, that um, if you saw someone uh, at church or even out in the street, or if you're writing to them, um, you would say, Christus surexit, and then your, right. the response would be, Sicut dixit al and either you could say Siku Dixit and then they would respond Alleluia or you would say Siku Dixit Alleluia. And, I, and, and it was fascinating to me because, you know, first of all, um, you know, they were taking this, I think they were Latinizing probably what was a Ruthenian custom. So they probably just thought, well, we're not going to say it in Ruthenian for these Roman right people. We'll say it in Latin to make it easier for them. But just that sort of a, a seasonal awareness that, okay, we're in Easter and that it's on our mind all the time. Our Lord has risen. Our Lord has risen. And again, right. for the, the unlatined among us, Christus Serexi, our Christ has risen. Siku as he said, Alleluia. Um, and that was something I remember from the Byzantine rite that I, I really treasure. Yeah, I, I remember that from when I had, because you know, we talked about on the Zero Show that I had gone to the Byzantine rite for a while, and it was um, it was actually the Melkites, and they were Arabic, 
Luckily, they didn't do that in Arabic, but they did it in Greek for <laughs> for everybody. And so it was, you know, uh, uh, was it uh, Christus Anestis, Anatos Anestis, and it's you know, Christ is risen; He is truly risen. And you know, I mean, it's it's one thing if you cross it to Latin, but then it's a whole other thing when you start throwing in. Like you said, you know, Christian or Greek or anything else, and you're just like, oh boy. So yeah, it's. Um, but you can see that was very edifying to see among the people because it wasn't just it was you know truly everybody greeted each other, you know, all of each other in that in that regard. It was, uh, uh, you know, just a, it was, that was really uh, a beautiful and edifying. Uh, point of spirituality on their on their part uh, that, uh, that i that i had had fond memories of as well as, as you did so so father i want to transition away from greeting clergy in public and talk about uh greeting clergy through correspondence so i want to okay. stay in the greeting phase and we'll obviously we'll cover some other issues but when we're when we're writing to clergy how and obviously I, I think you brought this up uh, in, in pre-production for today's show that um, we have to be cognizant of the LOL Twitter world invading our conversation. That whatever you want to do with your secular friends, that's fine, but that's definitely not okay for your correspondence <laughs> with priests. And can you talk a little bit about your experience with correspondence and and how we should correspond with priests? Yes. Uh, you know it's it's a it's a funny thing in that you know writing i think writing a letter in general because of the technological world has how to write a letter has almost completely disappeared among at least the younger people as to how to actually do that you know it's um it, it has uh, so become that even before I, I entered seminary when I was working, even people writing to me for business purposes would write these atrocious emails or, or letters that were just so unprofessional. And I, all I could think of was, you know, that's that's how you're representing your company. Well, that's the same, the same thing when you're trying to talk to clergy. Once again, it's you know, for our part, it's not uh, you know something that we're being you know judgmental about or. Uh, or anything like that, but it's it, it is certainly very you know if if uh, inappropriate language is harsh to the ears you know <laughs> uh, bad form in, in in correspondence is I guess harsh to the eyes in, in that way just because it's 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 off putting in that regard and you know it, people have lost just how to form a letter or how to write uh, a proper sentence or anything but the, I think the first and foremost thing is. Um, the proper salutation to uh, a, you know um, a cleric is based on his office. So if you're writing to a bishop, um, you know it's the salutation is not you know, hey bishop or uh, you know uh, you know how hey how you doing or anything like that. It's your excellency <laughs> and uh um the and and same thing to a, to a priest if you're writing to a priest you know it, it should be you know the reverend father so and so or at the very least dear father so and so and it's important in the name to realize the distinction of 
amongst priests. I mean, for bishops, it's, it's it's a little more easy in that regard. It's you know your excellency, and that pretty much covers any bishop that you'll that you'll come across. But uh, but for a priest, there's there's the realization that there's two different types of of priests, and this one oftentimes not only in writing but also in in speech gets. Uh, gets kind of lost, uh, and that is that there are religious priests and that there are secular priests. So, for instance, I'm a secular priest. Uh, I do not have, I'm not part of a religious order, and I, and I don't take uh, the, the three vows of the religious, uh, nor do I, I use an, a religious name. So, when it's a secular priest like myself, uh, the proper, you know, greeting is is Father McKenna, using my my last name, and uh, and that covers any priest that is uh, 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 not part of a religious order. But if they're part of a religious community, say, uh, for instance, the CMRI, they all take religious names, and uh, it's not their given name, it's a name they've chosen chosen for their religious life. And uh, and then in those situations, they should be greeted by their religious name. So, for instance, um, you know, Father Benedict or Father, you know, Gabriel, that as their chosen name for religious life is what they would be addressed by. So realizing that that difference there, you know, secular priest, last name, religious priest, first name, not always easy to remember, but, uh, and, you know, not something that we crusade about, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's it's the, the proper uh, greeting in in that regard, uh, both in in writing and in uh, and in speech, um, and right, then, right, Father. And it, it, it's funny because I think that part of that is informed by an overcorrection from Father Bob, right? So we're so used to Father <laughs> yeah. Bob or Father Chuck that yeah. trads retreat into this unconditional. Well, everybody's going to go by their last name, and they don't realize that is not how it works. And so everyone right. is Father last name to them. It, for example, uh, one of our uh, guests, Father Bernard Utley, who's a Benedictine, you know, we were, I was corresponding with some people, and they're like, Father Utley, I'm like, it's not Father Utley, it's Father Bernard. And so, right. you, you may not crusade, I'm, I'm happy to crusade about it, Father, um, <laughs> but this goes back to, you know, what we were saying today is, it's important, we, we have these traditions, and just because someone's poisoned the well, just because the Novus Ordo's poisoned the well by making everybody Father Bob, it doesn't mean that you can't remember it's Father Gabriel or it's Father Benedict if it's a religious priest. Just it's not right. it's not difficult. It just takes some getting used to if you're not if you haven't done it. And again, no one's gonna shout at you. It's like don't call me by my last name. They're they're not gonna do that. But it's just something that you need to be mindful of as as you as you correspond with priests and uh, right. and I and also I guess in this case speak to them. You would say Father Benedict as opposed right. to Father Hughes. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, you know, and it oftentimes will be what priests they're around normally. You know, if, if for instance, here at St. Gertrude's, you know, there people here are surrounded by secular priests all the time, so it's natural for them to say, Father, you know, whatever the last name is, McKenna, you know, uh, McGuire, or, you know, Chicada, whatever it is. And um, whereas, and then so when they see a, a Samurai priest on the occasions that they do, it's just the natural thing for them to say the last name, and the same in the opposite. You know, when you know, I have uh, uh, I have some friends out in, uh, that I that I know in Spokane, and you know, they're surrounded by 
religious priests all the time, and so then they end up, you know, will end up slipping up and saying, oh, you know, Father Stephen, and it's like, you know, I know where it's coming from. I know that they don't mean any, any, you know, any wrong by it, but it's just what they've become accustomed to and used to, and uh, and sometimes I guess it just takes a little bit of of thought, especially in a letter. One one can kind of basically say, okay, slip of the tongue or lapse in thought on that, but when it's a letter, you have more time to think it out and, you know, try to, you know, I guess that's the thing, try to put forth that that effort in it. And I guess that's probably the point of most of what we talk about. It's making, trying to make that cognizant effort to to do a, the best we can with with these points, you know. Well, and I think you addressed it right at the beginning. There's sort of there's a broader problem in our society about letter writing. It's something that I I grew up. I was taught how to letter write. I still to this day letter write. I, I sent some letters uh, today. Actually, it's something I take a lot of joy in. I mean, partly probably because I'm a writer and my degrees in English, and I've always loved to write. But it's just something that is is something you have in common with with everyone. Um, from right. in, in in civilization going back some time. So I think your point is, you know, if you haven't been taught to write a letter, probably you might want to take a step back when you're corresponding with priests and take a little bit of extra time and, and look at letter writing in general. I'm sure there are articles about it. There are ways to go about learning how to write a letter. There's a proper introduction. There's a close. There's greetings. There's that sort of thing. And yeah. we we've lost that as a society. So necessarily it trickles down to this particular situation when you're dealing with priests. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's one of those things that most people, you know, today have a computer and computer access, you know, uh, and they, it's very easy to go to Google and type in, you know, formal letter and it'll pop up with the proper format for you. And, and you can just, there you go. You, you, you can, you can, you can, pick right off of that format and and go with it remembering you know how to greet someone and and close and um and and, and make it uh proper in that way but also in it that body like you had mentioned at the beginning of not using you know abbreviations not using um you know the 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 twitter speak or the texting speak and and all of that you know that's that is no uh, no lol to father mckenna no, no, not in, certainly not in, in 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 letters or or emails. You know, it's uh, it's you know, th- those things are is is it's like a dumbing down of society. You know, we we can't be. And when you write a letter, it's one thing if you're texting and you send something like that. And okay, it's it's a point of basically, you know, I'm I'm going to be here forever if I write this out. But it's you know, when you're writing out a letter, it's you know, it, it kind of shows, uh, you know, I couldn't be bothered to write it out. Um, and uh, and that's just not, not once again, not a point of being proper in that re- regard. And it's and it's a dumbing down of of society. Now, it's not, and, and you know, you should, people, when they send us a letter or, or email, you know, or just in general, when you send a letter or an email to someone, you should proof your email and, and letter a little bit to make sure you've actually written what you want to say and that you're using proper grammar to the best of your knowledge and, and proper spelling and, and things like that. It's just, um, you know, the dictionaries still exist in the world and, you know, as, to, as do, uh, 
you know, uh, as does Spellcheck or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, we can, it's not that we're expecting to have a long uh, debate over, you know, use of the Oxford comma or, or something in that regard, but, you know, <laughs> and we're not going to pick it apart down to that, to that level. But you, if you're, you know, it should be to, to the best of everybody's ability trying to at least make a, a you know, a, a, a fairly decent sentence that, you know, is, uh, has a subject a ver- and a verb, you know, in, in it at least. So it's, um, and with punctuation and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, like I said, not that every, not that we're going to be perfect all the time, and even ourselves, you know, we're we're going to not always be perfect in it, but we can we can try to do the best we can with it, and uh, uh, and certainly not uh, just just launch something out there that's you know that we didn't think about it at least a little bit in that regard. Well, and and going a little deeper than that, uh, Father, and and again for those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to. Posteralia, episode number one on Restoration Radio. Uh, we're kicking off season three today with Father McKenna. And if you'd like to give us a call, if you have any questions, I'm going to try to keep it on topic. So if you're going to call, make sure that it's about clerical etiquette. If you have suggestions for a future show, you can email us at Posteralia. That's just pastoral with an I-A, posteralia at truerestoration.org, and you can leave questions, and we might address them on future shows. But if you're going to call today, make sure it's germane to clerical etiquette. How do, sorry, not clerical etiquette, etiquette towards clerics. And our telephone number is 949-272-9417. Again, that's 949-272-9417. It's Friday uh, morning over there in the States, so it may not be a time when everyone's listening to the show live, but if you are, feel free to call. And as we said before, if you're in the office and you need to be a little bit more circumspect, you can sneak in a question on Twitter by using at True Restoration with the, hash, with the hashtag Posteralia. And, and Father, like I said, going back to the, the, the manner, if we, if we accept that you, you want a certain manner, when we're talking about the content, we think about our interactions, and I recently had a, a sort of customer service issue with, some, with a company that was supposed to send me something it didn't. And, and if I, I look back at my email trail and across four or five emails, I continue to have an escalating tone of expectation. The escalation in my interaction in this customer service situation wasn't with a priest. So I, yeah. I, I probably felt that I could be a little bit more forceful that I might have been with a priest. Can you, can you talk about sometimes uh, if, if you feel comfortable or if you can come up with them off the top of your head where someone's taken maybe the wrong tone with you or they, they haven't realized, I think a lot of times people don't. And I think that's maybe the worst part is they don't even know what they don't know. Can you talk right. a little bit about tonality and, and how we need to be mindful of this? Because we may be resolving disputes or, or be involved with something like this with a priest sometimes, and that uh, that's that's something obviously we could take instruction on. Right. I think that's um, more like a two-part issue. One is in writing, and especially email correspondence, and the other is in in, uh, in speaking and and talking about uh, things. Uh, I'll take the, the the writing one first because we're you know kind of. 
uh, organically from the, the letters. And um, especially with emails, because emails can, electronic mail can be sent off so quickly. You type something up and then you hit send and you, uh, you know, it, it's once it's gone, it's gone and there's nothing you can do to get it back again. Um, and it's important to realize that the the assumption on either end of it, the the, the priest's end or or the the, the 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 person corresponding's end, should never be one of inserting your uh, tonality into that letter. Um, I remember when I was like I was saying before, you know, I before I entered seminary, I was uh, a businessman, I was a property, a commercial property manager. And we had a, an outside source come in and do an entire meeting on email etiquette for for us, so we could be the most professional professional in uh, in nature as possible with our correspondence. And one of the first things, and the thing that was stressed so much, is never assume the uh, emotional state, if you will, of the person sending you correspondence because you might read something and think oh this person is so angry at me or this person is really upset or whatever it is and in reality you just it's more of inserting your own feelings into that rather than what is actually coming from the person because there is no um there is no you know change in pitch when you're when you're reading something and so first off that assumption always has to uh has to be there that you know I'm not going to assume that father's mad at me because uh, he he has put something bluntly uh, and straightforward in that regard that's not necessarily the case and for our part you know we try to be very good about um, making sure that when we say things sometimes it has to be straightforward it has to be blunt and sometimes you know forceful uh, if you will in, in verbiage but it's not something that necessarily means that we're yelling at you out of some emotional rant you know we're you know i can speak for myself and and the clergy that i work with here and you know i know that from experience and from seeing all of them it's you usually when we write something it's uh something that we think out uh before we hit that send button it's not something that is is let go without without proper thought and making sure that it says uh, to the best of our ability at that time what we want to say and we, we do everything we can to remove any kind of emotion from it and, and be as objective and mindful of the situation uh, as possible. Um, and, you know, that should be reciprocated from the other hand. You know, just don't assume that we're the, our, our own emotion towards it and also don't, uh, and don't, you know, try to you know, do try to when you write in response have that same uh, emotional detachment from it. You know, try to just deal with the the, the issue at hand. Um, going from there um, is that in general, both in writing and in speech, but especially in, in conversation uh, as well, dealing with an issue like you you talked of. Um, you know, it's we as priests try to make ourselves as approachable as possible. You know, uh, we, we, we don't claim to see everything that goes on all the time in a, in, in a parish, especially if it's someplace that we come in for a few days and then have to leave, you know, we're traveling into or whatever it may be. Um, so we don't see necessarily always 
what is going on. And so, you know, we are approachable and we and we do take into consideration, you know, concerns that people want to raise about what may be going on there or what may be being said or anything like that. Um, and sometimes the, you know, the eyes and ears on the ground, if you will, um, will key us into an issue that may need to be dealt with. That being said, I think people don't realize that we do see more than they than they realize. And sometimes, you know, there's all sorts of, depending on whatever the situation is, there's, you know, different ways that we need to handle it. And so if you raise a question or a, or an issue or something to be discussed with the priest, you know, you should feel free to, to be able to bring it, but then realize that, you know, if, with the clergy that, uh, you know, that we're dealing with that it's you know we've all we've all had very good instruct instructors and in good good instruction and generally speaking we know what we're doing and just trust us on that you know trust that you know if you bring up an, a grievance or an issue and it doesn't get you know dealt with in the time or the manner that you want it to it's not because we're ignoring you or discounting what you're saying but um, but you know trust that you know, we know basically we know kind of what we're we're doing in that regard, and that we're going to take care of it. And if it's something that is sometimes better, just let people to uh, to come to it on their own, or to you know, then sometimes quiet is the best way to to approach it. Or sometimes people, you know, a priest might pull someone aside privately and deal with it. And you know, we're not going to get up in the pulpit and shout about every little grievance that comes down, especially, and we're not going to get ourselves involved. Uh, in something that's, you know, uh, he said, she said type of situation and, and all of that. It's just, you know, present it with respect um, and then, you know, uh, and trust that the priest will will take it into consideration. But in the end, you know, trust that, you know, whatever decision he makes on that is, is going to be be good in that regard. And then in that way, we uh, everybody is exercising their you know, humility due to that state. You know, it kind of, it actually reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, like during the ordination, right, of, of a priest, you know, in that regard, that there's that that point in the ordination where it's, where the bishop says, you know, if there's anybody who knows for some reason that the priest shouldn't, this priest should not be ordained, let him speak now, but remember your state in the church. And it's like, okay, Remember, you know, the, the proper roles. It's just like a, a, a child to a, a parent, you know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, a, a, if one child is doing something obnoxious, then the other child can bring it up to their parents. But if they, you know, they they shouldn't assume to insert their own way of how they want it handled upon the parent at that point. No, the, their their job as a child is to, to be humble and to, you know, and to trust that their parents are going to do all that they can do to do what's best for the, the family, and um, and uh, and it's kind of a, a knowing role in a situation, I guess. It's always a, a little delicate in in that in that area, you know, because you know, I don't want to. I'm not trying to, to 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 at all in any kind of way belittle the advice or the or the the the, the concerns of, of people. And far be it from it. I want to be as approachable as approachable as possible. But you know, but at the same time, don't you know? Don't think that you have the only uh, knowledge of how to handle it, and if it's not done 
you know, according to the, your idea, then uh, then this then it's uh, you know somehow it's wrong in that regard. So right, and and again, you're touching on something that's a, a bigger issue, Father. Um, you when you talked about that that workshop, I remember a book that was written very early on called Send, which was about proper etiquette for email, and it was so strange because I thought. Normally, etiquette settles in after a while, but I, it was a very helpful book because you think it's so funny. I'm getting a book to read about something that's done electronically. Uh, this was really <laughs> before the dawn of the kin- the dawn of the Kindle, but it was really really helpful in a number of ways in, in my professional life. But it talked about, you know, if you're going to sit down and write, you know, the mother of all emails, maybe just pick up the phone. You know, yeah. because email allows us the easy way out. You can you can say everything you want to say, and you don't have to deal with anybody. The flip side of that is you can say anything you want to say, and you don't have to watch your tone. And and sometimes when you're sitting down, ask yourself, is this something that would be better handled on the telephone? And and not just in our secular life, but sometimes this 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 really works out well with priests. We all know of situations where friendships have ended over text message or or email simply because the tone was wrong. And you're right, it's, it's a totally flat medium. I can't detect tone. I mean, we can put things in all caps and put lots of exclamation marks, but yeah. it doesn't really do the same thing that the nuance of a voice change can do. So that's something we need to be aware of. Correct. Um, I have and, an email question. Sure, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say that, and, and in addition to that, is also that that idea of, uh, you know, sometimes things, uh, sometimes the only way to see um, truly where someone else is coming from when, they, when they're concerned about something is to actually, you know, talk to them. And uh, because the, you, you only kind of get like pieces of information oftentimes in, you know, emails and especially any kind of like text messaging or uh, Twitter, you know, where you're reduced to 140 words or less or you know blogs or whatever it may be and a lot of times that that those violations not just against uh, of etiquette but against common decency in those realms um can disappear because you know it's like the old it's kind of like the old adage you know everybody everybody's really brave to say what they want to say in the most harshest of terms when they're if you will you know typing from their parents basement behind a false name in a blog you know but but it's uh (laughs) but you know would would you you know you have to think to yourself when you're writing something like that would i say this to this person's face and how am i and the way i am wording it would i speak it that way um to them and um and also with that am i following not only etiquette but but the grounds of you know the proper line of christian charity you know that's you know it always should our deferral should always coming be coming back to that line of, of charity i mean there's no greater commandment from our lord than than that of uh, of charity and you know uh if we're going to err on one side or the other uh of of correspondence or or interaction or anything at all it should always be on that default of um, the, ch- the side of charity in, in that regard. Yeah, I, I never, I'm never surprised by what people are willing to say on anonymous forums to, about <laughs> animal, vegetable, or mineral. Um, it's just, uh, it's like a no-holds-barred uh, license to say whatever you want. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. I lament it a lot. That's why we always try to be transparent and use our real names whenever 
whenever we're writing, but uh, it, it gives some people their uh, electronic courage, shall we say. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've, got, we've got a couple of questions, Father, um, while we're okay. here. Uh, first one's from an, by email from someone who just would like to remain anonymous, but their question was, Father, this doesn't apply to all of us, but what's the rule if someone in your family is a priest? Do you call uh-huh. him by his first name? Or And I, I, I'm sure you've dealt with this. And I, I, I'm guessing there probably isn't a universal answer here. It's probably just a custom. But could you give us some enlightenment on that? Yeah, the, the rule of if someone in your family is a priest, you know, there's, an, if you will, in that regard, there's an extreme level of familiarity there. You know, my parents, if I talk to them outside of, uh, uh, you know, any kind of public setting, you know, if I, if I call up my mother and my father uh, on the phone and I'm by myself, you know, I'm not sitting here expecting them to follow, you know, to a T every line of, uh, of you know clerical etiquette because there's such a level of familiarity that you know the you know the the they change my diapers you know type of thing and it's uh, um, right that it's you know that you know for them to call me you know like to to, to say you know hi Steve how how are you that is is certainly not in the least way offensive at all you know I mean it's uh, in, in 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 that way it's not violating any kind of proper mode of speaking what i tell my family and things like that is you know if it's me and you and other family members or whatever kind of if you you know like the true inner circle of our uh, of our family or those who are you know real close friends that i've known for you know since my early childhood and things like that if it's just me and you or just you know that type of group setting then you know don't don't feel obliged to call me you know Father McKenna in that regard, but uh, what I do ask of them and they they're very good about it, is that if if I'm in a public setting you know and say they they were to come to the the, the church and to either talk to me or to talk about me with other people then you know then be to have it more proper that it's Father McKenna then you know so as long as they can draw that line uh, easily enough with themselves so that they're that they're following that in that regard, then um, then there's no problem in in, in referring to you know uh, to, to my mother calling me by my first name just because uh, it's just me and her talking on the phone or something like that. So uh, yeah, it's not it's not uh, it, it doesn't always uh, it's, it's not like a 24/7 always having to be in a place when it's when it, when it's talking about someone that close uh, to you in in, in those times. Okay, very good. Uh, and I'm sure there's some slippage there, too. Sometimes, you know, one, they, they might call you Father McKenna in a private setting, or they might call you Stephen in a, in a, in a public setting, but, uh, but right. the, the spirit is there, right? They have the, the principles in place. Uh, along right. with that, uh, we have a question from David on Twitter. Uh, Father, are there any online articles we could read to learn or review all of this information? God bless. That's a good question. I haven't, as for um, specific articles written online in clerical etiquette, I'm not sure that I've uh, come across anything in particular. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm drawing from is from really two places. One is a lot of it because that relation between 
uh, you know, people to clergy, and then also it, 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 uh, that etiquette that follows there, you know, 90% of it is just what proper etiquette would be for, you know, a Catholic gentleman or a Catholic lady should be overall anyways. And so there's plenty of articles that are written about, you know, uh, proper etiquette in society in general. And you can get most of your ideas uh, from from that, cover most of your bases, if you will, in that regard. And then also that, um, you know, some of it is, is drawing from uh, books that I've read in the past as well about where they are written for um, for for clergy as regards to what their etiquette should be and their behavior uh, should be towards towards people. So um, it's a good question. I don't know. I will. Um, what I can say is I I can look to see if there's anything that I can recommend and perhaps we can uh, I can uh, send it to to you Stephen by email if I find something and uh, and maybe you can make it uh, known and available for for David or anybody else who who would like to to know that. But um, but it's something that uh, you know it's I don't know that someone has actually written an article of you know this is how lay people should interact with traditional clergy. Uh, I don't know that that is necessarily out there, uh, at least not uh, as of yet. So. There, 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 is a, there is an article which I just linked to. I put it on there from um, our, I, I can't quite say friends or colleagues. I, I would say our, our fellow workers at uh, Tradition in Action, and it's a, it's a good one. Um, it covers some of uh, something. It has some overlap with some of what we're talking about today, but with a little bit of a, a twist uh, for those who are in the Novus Ordo Church. I, I think there's a part of the article that says, "What if Father insists on being called Father Bob, and um, and how to deal with that?" So, um, David, I uh, I replied to your tweet with a link to that article, and anyone else uh, interested in that can just uh, hit expand on David's tweet, and you can see that article. It's got some overlap with some of the stuff that uh, Father and I have been talking about today, but also has some other advice. And as Father said, if we come across anything between now and the next show, we'll either put it up on Twitter or we'll bring it up at the beginning of, of next show. I think you'll see this throughout the season is that at the beginning of, of each show, we'll pick up any uh, loose ends from the previous show. So if there's anything Father runs into or I run into or we hear from uh, properly written correspondence, from our <laughs> listeners, uh, we will we will share that with you at the top of the the following show and before we dive into our next topic. So, uh, hopefully, those an- answers those two questions. And and for those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to Pastoralia on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm Stephen Heiner. I'm here with Father Stephen McKenna, and we are going through the proper way to interact and treat our clergy who are very dear to us and very rare in these uh, times of crisis. And Father, um, we've talked about greeting, okay? Let's, let's go a level deeper now and let's talk about what happens when we actually have you over for dinner. And uh, I suppose we can get into your preferences for what kind of food you like, some other show. But <laughs> when, when we do have you over, um, can you walk us through some things? And again, there's a, a, a larger, anytime we're addressing the clerical specifics of a societal issue, we have to keep in mind that obviously there are, there's a way that we, we have people over in the real world that aren't clerics. So there are some guidelines there, but, for, but whether we like it or not, that seems to have to be reiterated 
and I think you're going to do that for us. So walk through the proper way to host a priest and, and what we should talk about, what we shouldn't talk about, what people should be wearing, and um, hopefully we won't get too deep into the weeds there. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, well, you know, in regards to my, you know, the quote-unquote my my favorite food, people, one thing they shouldn't necessarily worry about is, you know, is Father going to like every single thing that I'm making? You know, like, don't, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people will get so concerned and I'll get, you know, like three three phone calls about, you know, oh, do you like chicken? Well, yes, you know, that's fine. You know, and, uh, you know, and it's, um, and it's, it's, you know, you shouldn't so overly concern yourself. You should make sure that someone doesn't have an allergy to, to, to something. Um, and if you're making something really kind of, you know, off the wall, different, you know, um, Sort of like the the picture of your 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 raw beef that you had on online, Stephen, or something like that. You know, you might want to check about you know something in that regard. But you know, if it's standard food, you know, just um, you know, it's uh, you can you can assume that you know what you're making is probably fine, and uh, and you know, uh, it's uh, you don't have to you don't have to worry yourself. You know, sick that uh, you know is Father going to like uh, what I've made? Is he going to? I mean, you should try to obviously with any dinner invite please people as best you can but you know don't be so concerned that uh you know you know each and every article has to be his his absolute favorite or or whatever it may be but um that being said um you know proper um greeting or hosting of uh of priests for um for a dinner once again should basically fall under the for the most part the realm of um you know, pro- proper hosting of uh, of any sem- somewhat formal formal meal. You know, it uh, it's not. You know, it it, uh, it should be something that is, you know, sort of a, a, a you know a special occasion, if you will, um, to put it in terms of that. You know, it should be something that you you make sure your house is is is, is you know clean. You know, don't don't. Uh, don't have just you know like just stuff left left everywhere and you know ma- you know make sure that the places that he's going to go to are are you know within you know within reason you know that are are clean and, and kept up well that uh, you know that he he feels comfortable there and um, you know that you for dress it should be you know that uh, you know it should be kind of like that same type of thought that um, you know kind of like if you were going to, to church, you know, women should make sure that they're wearing proper proper modest, you know, dress and or or a skirt or something like that and then modest attire and men should, you know, be wearing a, a proper dress attire. Not not necessarily have to be in a three piece suit when doing so. Uh it's not you know, it's not uh, uh necessarily a wedding, but it should be something, you know, it shouldn't be uh you know, blue jeans and uh, and you know the ratty old, uh, you know, 2001 World Series T-shirt or something like that that you're, <laughs> that you're pulling out for the for the, for the occasion either. You know, it should be only only the sh- finest, only the finest for you, Father. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, it's um, it, it, it should be you know, people should take pride in in their their appearance, um, of their home and take pride in the, the appearance of themselves, not in a not pride in a bad way, but pride in, in the sense that I'm going to be becoming of 
what I'm doing here. I, you know, recognizing the the situation and recognizing that I should dress uh, to meet that situation uh, in in that regard. And um, and from there, you know, basically, like I said, you know, mostly with it, um, proper meal etiquette would take over. So when he arrives at your house, um, especially now in the cold weather, take his jacket from him and his, and his hat and scarf or whatever it may be, uh, you know, take it from him, hang it up for him, uh, invite him in. Um, you know, uh, it, was, uh, it was interesting in talking with Bishop Sanborn one time, um, it, a comment was made about something that gets overlooked in, in appearance for, for people is uh, wear shoes. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, probably don't wear shoes all the time in their own home, and that's, you know, that's fine. But if you're, if you're, it is part of proper etiquette. If you're having someone over to your house, wear shoes yourself, and you know, certainly don't ask Father to take his shoes off, you know, as he's coming in to the door. You know, I mean, he'll do his best to wipe his feet and everything, but uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of that more refined and and proper part to it all is you know you know have all it's kind of you know the no shirt no shoes no service type of uh <laughs> type of attitude we should have in at least in our own homes and um in, in that regard so it's uh you know to the, that proper appearance in in that regard but also um just uh, um you know take his coat take his hat offer him something to drink um uh you know if if dinner is not you know don't feel if you if you if he's taken time to to come to your house to be there for dinner then you you can assume that there's no super rush on anything so you don't have to feel like you know you have the time you know everything to be done as soon as he walks in the door so he can go right to the table and uh and, and all of that you know as long as he is, feels comfortable and at home then you know give him something to drink you know you can sit and talk and uh and and those things and um you know, don't keep don't keep the, the the guest waiting for forever, but uh, but at the same time, don't feel rushed in any kind of way. Make it should be an enjoyable experience that for everybody that you know you're the the most important thing of it is not the meal itself, but but the company uh, and the conversation to be had uh, during those times. Uh, and so, just you know, invite him in and uh, and make him feel. Uh, at home and have a good, pleasant conversation with him at, uh, at dinner. Make sure that uh, you know, you know, to do to do grace and allow the priest to bless the food and um, you know, and whatever else there may be. If it, uh, if you want, would like to, you know, have the priest lead some some prayers like uh, like the rosary at some point, then that's fine too. Maybe discuss it with him beforehand just to make sure. Um, and then from there, just. Um, you know, serve serve a, a, a nice meal uh, in, uh, in that regard. So, you know, don't. Uh, you know, it's it would be improper to ask him to to you know to take after he finishes. Okay, you know, Father, bring, just bring your plate up to the to the sink now. You know, I mean, it's it's not that, you know we're incapable of. <laughs> bringing you want to go ahead and grab food. go ahead and grab a, a dish a dish rag. You're going to be at the end of the line here. You'll be drying. Yeah, exactly. dishes. We're not gonna we're not gonna put you to work uh, doing the dishes, hopefully. <laughs> right. So it's you know it's not that we're incapable of doing so, and certainly not that we don't do so in our own homes. But it's but you know once again that mindset. He's a guest. He's uh, you know uh, he, he's you know given the, the the give him the place of honor at the table. You know give uh, uh, you know welcome him in and, and 
treat them in a, a you know a very uh, you know proper and, and cordial manner in in that regard. And then um, you know, and then with that also um, realize that the the priest is there and um, to to visit with you and to, to talk with you and and to spend time with you. But if he does finally get to the point in the evening and he says, oh, you know, I have to get going, I have, you know, certain things I have to take care of or, you know, whatever it may be, just, you know, he gets up to, to leave, you know, don't, you know, if you had uh, a mindset of him staying a little longer or something like that, don't take offense to it. It's not the last time you're going to see him. It's, you know, you'll, you'll be all right. And uh, don't take offense to it. Sometimes, you know, he does have to get back to either finish some prayers or, you know, get some work done or or even just to get a, a good night's sleep if he has something that, that begins really early in the morning or whatever it may be you know let him you know let, let him go you know he, he's he's glad to to be there and i think that goes for any conversation with the priest you know he's glad to converse with anybody and everybody but um but you know if he if he does excuse himself know that you know it's not meant as an offense it's just meant as you know i have to to move on to the next thing now, and uh, and uh, and you know, don't ever be offended by that in in any regards. And um, I actually think, Father, it's something that's important. Obviously, whenever you're dealing with a parish and you deal with, I don't know, six different places, so you you have any number of permutations of invitations you could receive. But I do think it's important for a Catholic family to host priests for dinner not because they need to put on an extravagant show, but their children need to be taught how to interact in front of priests. Also, they need to be shown that it is appropriate for priests to be cooked for and waited on. And uh, it will give them uh, on, on the job training. They'll get to see uh, that. And, you know, with all the invitations you have, I think a Catholic family should at least once a year be extending an invitation to a priest. I know some some uh, parishioners are more enthusiastic about this. You may get more invitations from some than from others. But I, I do think, I wouldn't say it's obviously not an obligation, but I do think it's something healthy and worthwhile. And, of course, uh, I'm sure you're not going to protest about having dinner cooked for you, Father, but I think this is uh, something that something that's good, that should be done just as a part of a Catholic education, frankly. Oh, for sure. And, and I think it extends beyond just, you know, teaching kids how to 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 host and behave around clergy, but also it teaches them overall uh, a lot of lessons in that regard because it, it shows them first off that you know that you, you know there are certain expectations you should have respect for clergy, but at the same time the priest is coming to your house he's he's talking with the the, the, the family he's joking with the family at times and you know and you know and and in that regard he's it may, it puts that priest in a, a position where he's now more approachable to those children. So if they have a question, they're not necessarily afraid as, okay, that's Father So-and-so, he's the guy that I see on Sunday, and, you know, uh, and, and, and it's almost like he's, he's untouchable. No, he's, he's come to my house, he's eaten there before. I have a question about, you know, a certain thing in morality or faith or whatever. I know that I can go and talk to them, and it's not a big, scary experience or, or anything like that. And so it treats, it teaches both respect and, and also um, creates a, a situation 
uh, of a, an openness for for the especially the children later on to be able to to approach a, a priest more more easily uh, in that regard to for better care of their souls and also you know if they know the priest they they like the priest and in that regard it'll also make the the faith in general something more that they'll be able to to love in their lives you know that uh, you know I you know, it's it's okay I you know I know the priest i have good memories from when i was a little kid of him coming over and uh and uh you know he he's able to help apply that the faith to my life and uh and now uh it's it's something that that your child when he gets a little he or she gets a little older and is uh happy to make decisions on their own it's going to still stick with them and and be something that uh will help them in the long run of of loving the faith and living it themselves for those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to Pastoralia on the Restoration Video Network. This is episode one, and we're talking about the proper etiquette towards clerics. We're getting close towards the end of our show, so I am going to say there aren't going to be any more phone calls, but we may be able to take in one more, two more questions on Twitter. Again, at True Restoration is our handle. You can hashtag Pastoralia with your question. And Father Stephen McKenna has been... Uh, walking walking us through quite a lot today. And, and Father, we're running a little short on time, and uh, as you uh, just talked about, we don't want to steal clergy's time, so we want to make sure that we respect your time as well. You've got a lot of other things to get to uh, before uh, the end of the week. And I just want to talk about two more things, if I might, uh, before we close out our show. And uh, the first is remembering that there really are things that aren't appropriate for priests that we, we can get into an argument uh, uh, or at least a discussion. I know, I know my colleague Nicholas would, would probably be a, a partisan of this. And, uh, for example, let's say uh, giving someone a high five or uh, going to karaoke, you know, I think, uh, you know, your Catholic antenna should turn on and say, I probably shouldn't ask father to come to karaoke with us. Because uh, he's not, he's not going to sing, um, no matter how good his voice is, he's not going to do it. Not because you're not a, a fun person, but because this starts to get into the problem of you do realize that I have a dignity as a priest and that there are some things I had to leave behind when I left the lay state. And there's nothing immoral about karaoke. There's nothing immoral about giving someone a high five, but it's not okay for priests. Can you, can you right. clarify that, Father? Right, exactly, and that's you know is kind of part of the, if you will, you know, if there was actually a class on it, you know, like clerical one hundred and one, if you will, it's you know from the very beginning of your seminary training, it's the realization that uh, you know all that formation in in, in seminary, all that those little points of discipline and and correction and things like that, the the reason why they're there is not just you know to, to keep it tight lid on the ship, if you will, but it's to create something of that priest that is, you know, when you're forming someone into a priest through seminary, you're you're making them to be something that is not necessarily what they're used to. You're 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 truly transforming them as a whole person into into this this office, uh, not just you know mass. You know, I say mass and say my breviary, and uh, and then outside of that, I'm just. The, you know, normal Joe. No, it's you know, it's truly a transformation of life as a whole. And there are things that um, that are perfectly fine and acceptable, and uh, and and, uh, and 
for for normal everyday lay people to do that a priest, you know, should not do. And it's like I said, it's nothing to do with it being bad. They're perfectly fine, but uh, it, it's he has to remember all the time that he's always a priest, and he has to uphold that that image and that that dignity of the office which which he possesses, uh, which God has called him to. And so things like, like you said, high-fiving, you know, it's just, you know, I mean, nothing looks stranger than, you know, there's the priest in cassock and, you know, you know, white cuffs and everything, and then, you know, he throws up the big, uh, you know, the big over-the-top high-five, <laughs> big glove slap, you know, and then, you know, the pat on the back or, or anything like that. It's just, you know, all of that... You know that that proper appearance of the office all of a sudden just very quickly vanishes, and the even if we don't think of it in that moment, and we don't think you know, hey, you know that's improper or something like that. Even if we don't think of it in that moment, in our subconscious, then his the office of that priest and even priests in general is diminished in a small way, and everything we do in our ministry is based on. Our reputation is based on our um, uh, carrying ourselves well, our interacting with people well. Everything that we we do, or I shouldn't say everything, but basically, pretty much everything is built on prayer and on our uh, and on presenting ourselves well, because we no longer represent. I no longer represent myself. I represent the church and. Uh, and we have to realize that there's that generalization there. So, yeah, so, you know, you're not going to, you know, you know, think of think of how much damage that, that image of a priesthood would be if all of a sudden you saw, uh, you know, if you saw one of the priests, you know, there in someone's, you know, someone's basement, you know, belting out, uh, you know, like Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror or something like that, you know. It's it's it's, it's just not. It's just not. Uh, it's just it's the, the worst ever. There, Father. <laughs> um, I, I, I have a follow. I have a follow up on that, Father. I just wanted to let our listeners. So we've had. We've definitely had some technical challenges on our first show today, and uh, we are coming towards the end. We've got about two minutes left in our live stream, and I still got one more thing I want to cover with Father. So we're going to go into a little bit of overtime. So for those of you who are listening live, we didn't disappear. You, nothing's wrong with your computer. Uh, if Father and I get cut off in the next uh, couple minutes, we're going to keep recording, and then we'll finish up. And when the show posts, you can fast forward to the end and hear the last five or seven minutes and, and catch up on, on what Father and I. But apologies for that. We will get our technical issues sorted, and uh, we'll continue, especially if since our number of shows this year has doubled from last season, we promise that we'll get this uh, in, well in well in hand uh, moving forward. Anyway, Father, it, it reminded me, you, you talked about imaging our Lord, not only as the spouse of the church, but being an altar Christus, and our Lord said, noli me tangere, you know, don't touch me, and uh, not, not in, you know, not in an offensive way, but there's a, there's a reason our Lord said that, and um, I was very cognizant of this. Bishop Sanborn had talked about this as uh, not just a discipline among uh, lay people to clergy, but among, among clergy to clergy. I mean, those, there are those of us who, like myself, you know, because of my family background, we tend to be a more touchy-feely family. And that yeah. this is something that is definitely not okay with priests, and, and not just not okay with priests, but priests don't do that to other priests and seminarians, et cetera. It's, it's a 
there's a, um, a sort of aura of Nolini Tangere. Can you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, it's, um, it, it, I think it can best be kind of almost summed up as in, in two parts. First off is that, that, um, that, or two points, I should say. First is that, that point that, uh, is spoken of in that little, um, the little piece that was done by uh, the the Curie of ours uh, that it says, you know talks of the priest that he is uh, a part of every family but a member of none you know and you know that that thought of you know we aren't you know we yes we're we're there to visit you with you yes we're there to we we're going to be friendly yes we're going to be um, you know hope to be approachable and even you know, and even familiar with with people, and to some extent, but it's always that recognition that, as as much as you know us, as much as you interact with us, it doesn't make us part of your family, and it's not a bad thing. It's it's something we've we've renounced in our own way. You know, we've 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 given up of ourselves, and and, and that brings to the second point: the, the the black worn by the priest. He's you know he he no longer belongs to himself you know he's he's uh you know at least in in a spirit dead to the things of the world and that even includes those those normal and healthy things like um you know uh you know close friendship with uh with you know the the people of the Lafayette and everything like that it's not that we're not friendly or you know in even uh you know not even or not that we're not close to people but it's at the same time there has to be a little bit of a distance a little bit of a a separation so that one you know if there was ever a situation that uh required you know uh, dealing with um from a from a clerical you know a duty point of view you know if if my for instance if my own family were coming to St Gertrude's and then all of a sudden i saw my you know my father do something that was off of what he should be doing, I need to have at least enough detachment, even in that situation, to be able to provide that that correction that's necessary there to look beyond simply that um, look beyond simply that familiar familiar type of setting, and also um, that uh, that level of you know th- thinking that you know oh well he's uh, my son or oh he's my, you know my really great friend, and so therefore. You know, I might be able to get away with this, or I'm, you know, might be able to speak to him in a tone that's, you know, inappropriate or something like that. No, it's there has to always be that separation. He's no longer, he no longer belongs to anybody else. He belongs to Christ and Christ alone, and to His Church. And um, and so there's always that recognition. You know, it's and it's always that keeping of ourselves to be as as best as we can to be of something that yes, you. I'm friendly. Yes, I'm nice, and uh, uh, I try to be uh, to be all things to, to all men, like Saint Paul said. But at the same time, you know, it has to be as much as one might like, a, you know, Father So and So. There always has to be that recognition of that line that cannot be crossed. You know, I can't, I can't accept him in so much that that I've that I've done away with that that office that he's hold that he holds in my my relationship with him. And so priests are very careful with that uh to to make sure that it is always kept at least at a, a little bit of a distance uh in regards to um, that recognition of of that office. Uh because uh, you know 
that I mean that's the fundamental basis for for like I said a lot of the of the work that we all do in this you know there has to be a certain level of respect due to a priest and there has to be a certain level of understanding that you know he's not there at my every beck and call uh as well and because he has to to care for all of the things that he's responsible for um so I think that's a large part of that you know that that distance that you sometimes can be perceived in that regard uh also is part of it is not so he doesn't appear to have favorites in you know in the uh, in, a, in a parish setting, you know that, that, that can't be done either. Obviously, naturally speaking, there might be people that, he, that are easier to get along with for him, but you know he can't uh, he can't make it be. He has to do everything that he can to to make it be that someone's not gonna, is going to say, well, you know, so and so can can approach him, but but that's because Father likes them. I don't think Father likes me, so therefore uh, I can't ask him a question because uh, he only likes certain people. That just, you know, would be so contrary to it. So we have to try to be, you know, if you will, if you will kind of equal in, in, in that regard and try to be, and that means being removed a little bit. So, um, and then once again, with interaction with priests, other priests and things like that is, uh, you know, we also have to respect the office that, you know, our own brother priests hold as well. And also remember that, especially in public, that, they have to, uh, you know, we have to uphold their own dignity uh, in that regard. And so, you know, even if we're, we're very close friends with them as, you know, on a, on a natural level, um, we have to realize that, okay, you know, but at the same time, he's a priest, I'm a priest, and we both still have to come off as such, uh, uh, you know, in every aspect of our lives. You know, it's it's not a show that we're putting on. We're not putting on a like a a cover that like okay I appear as priest all you know in these times it has to be in order for it to be consistent all the time it has to be something that we live all the time and uh, you know that's uh, and that has to you know truly be part of us I think all those points are well taken Father and I don't want to get too deep into my last question today because I I, I actually think it'll be the topic of another show we might do or it actually might uh, go up to the Clerical Conversations show. For for those unfamiliar with with how these two shows will work in tandem this year, is Pastoralia is going to try to answer those, let's say, smaller smaller in scope questions, questions that can be answered in, in under 20 minutes per topic. And today we, we sort of did that in, in different segments. And Clerical Conversations is going to take on those bigger issues, thing that's going to take maybe 45 minutes to unpack. So as you're thinking about questions that you want to send, we'll direct them to the right places. And uh, the last question I'm going to ask you today, Father, touches on spiritual direction, which, which again, may be a show that goes to either one. Uh, it, may go to, it may be an episode for either one of our shows. But what is the obedience that we owe to a priest, uh, both, let's say, ordinarily, and in the current crisis, and and we'll wrap up with that last question. Okay. Well, you know, ordinarily, which you know, like like we talked about a little bit at the beginning, ordinarily, you know, there were priests had certain levels of jurisdiction and, and rights to uh, certain levels of, of obedience. So, if a pastor of a you know a, a canonically appointed pastor of a church 
you know, had the right to ask of uh, obedience of certain things uh, of people. Not, you know, certainly not like they were, you know, part of a religious uh, community, but certain things, you know, he had a right to, to, to ask of. You know, now there's no strict jurisdiction, but we, we follow that same mindset of the church. And, you know, it has to be looked at by the people as something of, you know, I mean, they call us father for a reason. You know, it should be a mindset of children to, to their parents. You know, okay, I, I out of a, a spirit of obedience, I should follow the instructions of a priest. So, you know, if a priest mentions something in, in, in a sermon uh, as a direction, you know, it, it's it's a point of, you know, it, you might not like it, and it might not be something that he has, like I said, you know, strict um, jurisdiction to, to 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 hold, but at the same time, you know, out of prudence and out of the spirit of obedience, should I follow the directions of a good priest? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, uh, and then you know, even more so if it's something that um, is in a situation of, you know, if you've asked a priest for spiritual direction and he gives you um, direction, whether you you know, you might not necessarily like what you have heard. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that it's that you should just dismiss it because uh, you know you've asked him for a direction. He's trained and uh, uh, and ordained to give that direction. You know it. You know you should you should follow it. You know you, you'll ne- a person will never make progress uh, if they don't follow the direction of their spiritual director. Um, and then even more so. Uh, in confession, you know, if, if it's in a confessional setting and uh, the priest tells you to do something, you have to realize that at that position point, it's no longer Father McKenna or it's fa- or Father uh, Chicago or whoever that's giving you the direction. Now it is, you know, that is truly, you know, uh, personified the Alta Christus point, and it's, you know, now I've branched into the realm of confession, and I gotta, you know, I really gotta do what. Uh, what the priest is telling me to do uh, in that regard. So it's kind of, you know, I think oftentimes, especially with the current crisis, people kind of get away from that and say like, oh yeah, well, the priest has told me to to do something, but, you know, he doesn't really have any authority, so I don't necessarily have to listen to him. But that's, I think that's just a really foolish mindset to take. On the, on the flip side, we shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't expect the priest to be micromanaging your life, you know, asking him to when you can breathe and, you know, when you can take a drink of water and things like that either. I, and, you know, it may sound ridiculous, but, I, but I've seen it. You know, I, I've seen it uh, um, uh, out there and that they, they ask on, on, um, uh, of, of clergy sometimes, uh, you know, kind of almost to the point of ridiculousness. And it's like, you know, it's, you know, that that's a, that's a you can figure that out on your own type of <laughs> type of thing. You know, he's 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 not going to to tell you every waking move that you need to make as well. So, well, and I think that's as good a place as any for us to to wrap up, uh, Father. As usual, thanks so much for your time. Um, as we said in the last uh, earlier today, if you have any questions for Father. You can actually find Father on, I, I almost forgot, you can find Father on Twitter and you can message him directly. Um, and I think you're at Rev McKenna. Is that right, Father? That's correct, yes. Yeah, someone else can follow R-E-V, <laughs> At R-E-V-M-C-K-E-N-N-A, at Rev McKenna. And just keep in mind, um, 
if you want to talk about something private, you'll need to make sure that you mention that to bother. You can only direct message, that's private message on Twitter, if both of you follow each other. So before you start, you know, sharing something with Father, make sure that uh, it's, it's something that you can discuss there and or you can email him directly. Uh, at Rev McKenna, you can also email us pastoralia at truerestoration.org um, or leave something on our Twitter handle at truerestoration with the hashtag pastoralia. Pastoralia is going to be the first Friday of every month, not only because that way Father can remind you to get to First Friday devotions if they're available for you, but uh, because that's when we are on. So we are on First Fridays at 11 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States. So our next show will be the the, the first Friday of February. I need to take a quick look at the, the calendar for that, but um, I believe that is the 7th of February will be our next show. And Father and I will talk a little bit more in pre-production for that show about what the topics will be, but expect them to be, again, like this, short topics, things that people want to ask about, maybe at Coffee and Donuts, but they never get around to it. Um, and we hope that this show has been helpful and, and, and more than anything, reminded you to be mindful of how you interact with your priest, not to be on autopilot. I think a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this as well, we're on autopilot for a lot of our relationships and really to have that red light on when you're dealing with priests to, re- to remember that he's an altar Christus, he's, he's there in the place of our Lord, and he um, needs um, particular and uh, mindful treatment. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Father, before uh, we, we head out? Uh, I think the only other thing would be um, that, you know, if someone also wants to, to correspond, especially like you said, if someone has uh, something of a, of a private nature and, and wanted to, to, to write to me, uh, that they could, uh, they, they, you know, they can write to, to me here at, uh, at St. Gertrude the Great Church, um, and the address is uh, 4900 Rialto Road, uh, Westchester, Ohio, 45069, and course our website is uh sgg.org uh that you can uh, that you can find about anything about that you need to know about st gertrude's uh but uh, you know you can certainly uh write to me uh via snail mail uh here at st gertrude's as well right and practice your writing skills with father that'd that'd be a that'd be a good start father (laughs) thanks so much and we will we'll speak to you um next month or actually, I'm not, sorry, we'll have we'll have Father on for Pastralia, but we'll be back on with Father for the Sumas in two weeks. We can plug Father's other show just briefly here, but uh, but stay tuned for this time, time slot with Father in two weeks. But Pastralia will return next month. Thank you, Stephen. And if you, uh, our listeners, have found today's show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, please consider making whatever donation is possible to our apostolate, no matter how small it may be, be it $1. To those of you who have donated, a heartfelt thank you for your kindness and generosity. If you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. As I've given you our our places uh, that you can email us, you can get us on Twitter, you can it's at posturalia at truerestoration.org. And we, we look forward to dealing with more questions with you next time. Amen.